Welcome to the BlackburnNews.com candidate profiles for the riding of London North Centre. We're joined by Herman Gutierrez, who is a candidate for the NDP. Herman, thank you for coming in this thank morning. You Appreciate for having it. me. Uh, it's a great pleasure to be here, Scott. The first question uh, is about childcare. Your party has promised to create hundreds of thousands of childcare spaces and, and cap fees at, at $15 a day. Obviously, that's going to come with a pretty big price tag. Uh, and it's going to take buy-in from the provinces as well, uh, a 60-40 funding split. How are you going to accomplish that? It, it seems as though it's going to be kind of a tricky endeavor. Well, it's all about where we place our, our funds. Listen, when we look at uh, the federal step-in into the provincial matters, we need a plan. We need to, there's a $60 billion gap in our municipalities half of that $60 billion gap, of course, because the federal uh, government has not stepped in. And we can perfectly provide that. It's just a question of how we uh, download into the province the funds and what we do with our tax money. That tax money, well liberated, will perfectly account for the amount So we need to, yeah. to, to download into the creation of spaces. Uh, with the issue, uh, let's address the issue, which is the most important thing. A mom today who has a son or a daughter has to spend $1,200 on childcare a month. And maybe because of the amount of money that she's making at her not very well paid job, she ends up losing if she goes to work. We can't have that kind of an answer for her our mothers, we need to be able to go out and give them the support that they need so women can go out into the job market and start strengthening our economy again. So the funds, where the funds will come from is how we use our federal monies to download into the provinces in a proper way. I'll give you a little example. I was making a few notes, but I just want to show you uh, a couple of things. We need to fix uh, the the Economic Development Agency for Southern Ontario had a budget of $17.61 per capita compared to $37.16 per capita for the region of Quebec. In other words, Ontarians contribute $9.1 to $12.5 billion more into the Federation than what we get back in services. So all we have to do is use those monies wisely. Okay. Um a lot of people, you know, you mentioned jobs. Um, there are a lot of people in this community who, despite the, the recovery that we have seen since the depths of the recession, a lot of people still can't find work. Um, and the manufacturing sector is still struggling a bit. It's, it's certainly a lot better than it was. Um, but we can't necessarily rely on, on that sector to get people back to work the way we may have in, in past decades. So how would an NDP government get people in this area working again? Excellent question. Thank you. And again, it's about looking at the region. The London Economic Region uh, is, is a mix of Oxford, Elgin, and Middlesex with a population of 660,000 people approximately. Our economic base continues to be manufacturing and agriculture. Those are our primary export industries. But we also have a growing broad service industry. The principal center, that, like the London Census metropolitan area, including the London and St. Thomas, which is a, an 
urban jurisdictions uh, like Lambeth included also, have had a very slow recovery since the 2008 recession. There are key economic indicators that are still below pre-recession levels, right? And the external conditions are what we cannot or have not been able to cope with. There depreciation of the Canadian dollar, the stronger US dollar, lower oil prices, all that has set a stage that provides for challenges, but also for opportunities. We are able to now maybe concentrate on changing um, our profile. Other cities, other municipalities have been very good at it, even better than when you look at the case of Kitchen Waterloo. They've been able to diversify with their base. We lost, I don't know how many thousands of jobs here in London uh, from the manufacturing hit that we took. But we can still compensate with Cami and Ingersoll, for example. It, it employs 3,100 people. Uh, this year, it was trying to hire another 120 people. There have been some gains in that area. But the main areas where we have strengths that are education, transportation, warehousing, primary agriculture have not been attended. So we need to shift our attention, not only shift our money, shift our attention to take care and strengthen those sectors that will get us up into producing more uh, and thus generate wealth. Hand in hand with the economy, of course, is the environment. And, mm -hmm. and one of the big questions that, that we face when it comes to the environment is how do we uh, reconcile our our use of fossil fuels, particularly when it comes to transportation of, of yeah. the products that we make. How do we reconcile that uh, as it pertains to the oil and gas sector in, in Canada, the oil sands? Um, how do we reconcile the need for those products that, that the oil and gas sector produces with our desire for clean air, clean drinking water, and a, and a healthy environment? It, it seems as though sometimes those things butt heads and, and we need to find a way to uh, to satisfy our, our, our need for, for oil and gas while at the same time, you know, creating and, and protecting a healthy environment. How, how would an NDP government... I totally agree. See, that's, there, that, there's where you have a challenge that can become uh, a, a basis for opportunity. It is through uh, directing more monies through research and development that we have, can have answers. And London, Ontario is a privileged place for research and development and we, if we start funding our scientists that, to provide those answers, we'll be doing two things. Taking better stock of our resources, providing better employment, and coming up with the solutions to take care that will address those questions. Okay. So, so how do we then... Um, by investing in infrastructure, in key infrastructure immediately, but also by investing directly in development, science, and research. Okay, uh, the next question uh, has to do with, with the issue of, of how Canadians feel about politics and, and politicians. Uh, we've gotten pretty cynical in this country, and voter turnout is not what we would like to see. Mm -hmm. um, there are many reasons for that. Um, we could talk about them all day, but some of the yeah. main reasons, it seems, is, is the behavior of, of our politicians, both uh, those who are in power and those who are, are seeking power. Um, how do we get people in this country engaged in the political process? How do we get them to feel less cynical about, about it? How do, they, how do we get them to feel like their vote really matters 
And more importantly, how do we get them out to vote on election day instead of staying home, throwing their arms in the air and saying, what does it matter? It's an excellent question, Scott. Thank you. And I will tell you a little bit about my knocking at the door and the answers I get. People are not only disgusted in some cases, they're sad in other cases, and in others they have been let down for so many years. The eyes that you see when they open the door and they look at you and they say, I have not been attended, I have not been talked to, I have not been taken uh, care of, I have not even been uh, uh, seen for 10, for a decade or more. And now you come to my door and you tell me that I am important. So let me, let me explain my answer. You cannot come to people whom have been completely ignored with a huge inequality and tell them that they are important. It is a slow job of recovering faith. In our country, uh, Canada is very strong. And the strength of Canada is what has protected it from imploding further. But after a decade of absolute ignorance and blatant uh, abuse, in any other nation would have imploded. When there is that illicit, I call it the illicit marriage between corruption and total impunity, that will bring a nation to its knees. And we have had blatant corruption and absolute impunity. And when you look at the, the, the Duffy trials and Mr. Brazil and all these scandals that we have had, and when you look back the, the, before that decade began, almost decade, and you see the sponsorship scandals and all these things, people say, wait a second. So what is politics all about? It's about misappropriation of funds, it's about doing all kinds of trickery, and if they can do it up there, why can't I? It hasn't happened because Canadians are profoundly honest, but now they are challenged and they are struggling with an inequality such that I see homelessness and poverty at the door in, play, in, a, in a nation that's not to have, supposed to have poverty. We're a G7 nation. So how do we address that? By addressing honesty, by addressing transparency, by addressing accountability at all levels. Very quickly, because you mentioned honesty and, and integrity. Um, there are concerns about omnibus bills. Um, yes. Where does the NDP stand on omnibus, on omnibus bills? If, if Tom Mulcair is the next mm -hmm. prime minister, if there is a, let's say there is a, an NDP majority government where you have the ability to push through that kind of omnibus bill, would that happen, or, or is the NDP position 100% against omnibus bills? I seriously doubt it will happen, and I do see that, the, that, one of, that that's one of the main issues. The NDP will go forward with an, an agenda of absolute transparency. It's the only way to answer to a people where voting has decreased to such horrible levels that uh, one government keeps being reelected because it has a, a, a base a minority, a minority base that makes sure it is re-elected time after time after time without the will of the people. When you, we have a majority government with less than 30% of the vote, that's not democracy. Now the other problem is we need to reinstate democracy. That's what it's all about. We need a new democracy in Canada. We cannot afford to not have one. 
Last question. Uh, Stats Canada reported this week that for the first time in Canada's history, there are more seniors than there are people under the age of 15. Uh, that's going to have a huge impact on the health care system. Um, we're going to have uh, an aging population that's going to require a lot of care, and we're going to have fewer people paying for it. How do we deal with that? How would an NDP government deal with that? Again, it's what we do with our money that matters. Uh, the economy is a, a very complex set of things, and at the microeconomic level, it's all about your sources of funds and your allocations. And in a country like ours, we need to be very careful that we do have a social agenda prepared. We cannot afford to turn our backs on the people that have given the best of their lives to make this nation strong. And now when they're aging, that nation says, okay guys, sorry, that's all we can do for you. We can't afford to be like that. We're, we can't afford to have a cynical government. It's all about protections. Those pro we have the monies. We do, we have the ability we just do not have the political will at the present moment. When we have billions of dollars being taken to other interests, and when we're interested in favoring uh, more of a corporate agenda, when we're interested in, fa in favoring uh, corporations and not people, you get these results. The massive inequality that has been denounced by the Broadbent Institute for many years now is only increasing, it's getting worse. And when you see that six families at the beginning of 2014 made the income of several million Canadians in the first four days of that year, you say, gosh, something's wrong. Inequality is not an answer to social order. And when you see that the economy is starting to break up, and I will uh, go back to one question that you asked me before, how do you do and where do the monies come from? when we're addressing these issues. We have taken the money away from the working class and the middle class, and we've done such a poor job that now we kick them out of the GDP. They're not, they're not contributing to the GDP. They've disappeared from the country. We need to get them back in. How do we do that? By putting money in their pockets, by raising the minimum wage at a federal level. As by le That's leading by example. Once we've raised the, the minimum wage at a federal level, then we engage in compensation at the provincial levels and engage the premiers in, in asking them, how much, what is the top limit you're willing to raise your provincial minimum wage so that we can get money in the pockets of the people who will then put that money again into the economy to reactivate it. Herman, thank you very much for your time this morning. Appreciate thank it very much. Best of luck. That's it. Thank you.